Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about year-long goals. Now, if you are a client of mine and you come to see me for the very first time, there's going to be two questions that I'm going to ask you. Number one, what are your goals? And number two, what are your expectations for me just so we use our time wisely? And I think both of those questions are really important. Number one, so I know how to best help my clients. But number two, so I can meet expectations. A lot of times we have these great big expectations that we fantasize or we create in our minds of how we think things are going to be. And I want to make sure that expectations are always realistic because I never want to give the impression that I'm going to fix somebody. Nobody needs to be fixed. Um, or we're going to miraculously, you know, meet goals in a shorter time frame than what is feasible. So I always like to get an idea of, of what's going on in that person's head so we can, um, so we can make the most out of our appointments. But today I specifically want to talk about those year-long goals or those long-term goals, the ones that aren't so simple to fix. And I want to try to break them down into more manageable steps today. Um, I know we're in the beginning of the year, so if you are like most people uh, in America, you are going to be creating these lavish goals. Um, Maybe you created some Uh, New Year's resolutions just a couple weeks ago. Maybe you've already given up on those resolutions and you're trying to figure out now what do you want to do. So I just want to talk about that. A couple weeks ago, my friends and I, uh, we were meeting right before Christmas. And I found this silly game on the internet. You know, it's one of those like, have you ever done this? Have you ever visited this city? Have you ever... Um, ridden in the back of a cop car, which thankfully neither of us, or I should say none of us have, there's four of us in the conversation. Um, I was getting ready to skip over this one question. Have you ever served as a jury member? Excuse me. And I was actually pleasantly surprised to hear that nobody had served on a jury. I know I got picked for one. Um, one time. I've been actually summoned several times, but only one time I had to actually go in and I wasn't selected. But I shared with them a story about how when I went into the courthouse, I wasn't thinking about going through a metal detector or putting my bag through a metal detector. And I had packed a salad for lunch that day and I packed a fork and my fork got confiscated. And my friends were making fun of me. They're like, why would you bring a fork? I'm like, I don't know. How else am I going to eat a salad? And it was interesting because the people I was sitting with or that I was, um, you know, that was surrounding me, they're like, you brought your lunch? I'm like, well, of course I did. I didn't know if there was going to be a restaurant nearby, if we were going to have time to go out to eat. 
you know, if there was going to be any healthy food around. So, you know, I took it upon myself to pack a salad and pack a fork. I really did not think this was a big deal, but apparently everybody was laughing at my expense. I will say at the end of my time there, I did go back to security and get my fork back because um, silverware is hard to come by. And in a large family where you're eating three meals a day at a house, guess what? You go through silverware quickly. So I wasn't about to lose one of my forks. Um, So I signed my fork out. So just consider this your public service announcement. If you get called into jury duty, uh, you cannot bring a fork. Guessing you can't bring a knife either, but definitely can't bring a fork because it will be confiscated. All right, that was your little fun fact about me. Let's jump into realistic year-long goals. I'm going to give you a couple tips. In fact, I'm going to give you eight of them of how to make these long-term goals uh, more manageable. And so tip number one is, this one goes without saying, you're going to have to break those long-term goals into smaller, more manageable goals, right? You may have heard that famous question, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's exactly what we're talking about here. We can't just tackle these big goals. Um, They're huge, they're large, they're overwhelming. But if we break them into smaller, more manageable goals, we're gonna be successful. I'm actually in the process of writing a curriculum for a program that I'm gonna launch, um, hopefully in the next few months. And it's taking, you know, nutrition and health and even some aspects of weight management and breaking out a year-long process of how do we tackle this and in what steps and what comes first. And it's repetition-based over and over and over until the habit is solidified before we move on to another habit. And so stay tuned. So I'll give you more information about that as it develops and evolves. But I want you to think about if you have a big goal, say your goal is weight management. I want to lose 50 pounds this year right? How can we break that down into easy, manageable tasks? Like maybe that's, I want to lose five pounds in January and I want to lose another five pounds in February, right? That feels a lot more manageable. Let's say you want to run a 5k this year, right? You're not going to start by running the whole 3.2 miles on day one. Of course not. You may need to just start with walking, the first month and getting your legs used to movement. And then maybe your next goal is to walk for nine minutes and run for one minute. And you do that consistently over, you know, over a couple weeks and you slowly build up your endurance. You know, that's what the couch to 5k program is. It's why it's so popular is it took this goal that felt really big and difficult and it broke it up into really easy to manage small goals that people could buy into and people could complete. And so the same thing goes if you have a big long-term goal in terms of your health. All right, so I'd be happy to help you with that if that's something specific, you have a question like, you know, this is my goal, how do I do it? That's why you come to see us so we can help you, all right? Uh, Tip number two, only focus on one or two action steps at a time. Now, I'm going to keep going with this example of weight management because 
I have a lot of clients that come to see me for weight management. So chances are you may also be interested in that at some point in your life. And so when we think about our health and losing weight, we think about all the things we need to do, right? I need to meal prep. I need to grocery shop differently. I need to exercise. I need to eat less. I need to uh, not go out to eat. I need to pack my snacks. I have to sleep and manage my stress. I have to do all the things if I'm going to be successful. And that's great. That's very admirable that you created a list, <clears throat> excuse me, that you created a list so long of all the areas that you'd like to, to tackle. But guess what? A long list is extremely overwhelming. And when we feel overwhelmed, we become paralyzed and we do nothing. So let's not do that. Instead, I want you to just focus on one thing that you can change. Just one. We'll get to the rest later, but for right now, just pick one action step that you can work on right now and focus on repetition. Practice, practice, practice. I tell people all the time, you're good at what you practice. If you're not good at it yet, it means you need to practice more and that's okay, but you can't practice all the things at once. It's not feasible especially if you have a job or you have a family, you have responsibilities. You, there's not enough time to do all of it. So you pick one thing that you can focus on and you do it well. And I know everything in your head is screaming, yeah, but you're not going to get there fast enough. If you do all the things, you'll get there faster. Or you can try to do all the things and you end up quitting because you're exhausted. Let's think about it. How many people actually fulfill their resolutions? How many people actually see their goal through? I read a book once that said, you have a better shot at getting into Juilliard than you do at completing a goal. And to me, that basically means I've got no shot because I am a terrible dancer. I am not flexible. There is nothing about me that, you know, screams dancer, um, no, yeah, we just won't even go there. But I want you to think about it. What is one thing that you can work on? Maybe you want to focus on just eating slower. That's it. I don't want you to focus on all the things. Just focus on eating slower, putting your fork down in between each bite. That's all you have to do. And you have to practice and practice and practice until you're good at it. And how long is that going to take? I don't know. It's going to take however long it takes. Don't put an expectation on yourself of how long you need to practice something until you master it. I want to change your thoughts on this. Rather than putting an expectation on yourself, I simply want you to use the words, it'll take however long it takes. For some habits, it's going to take a week or two. For others, it's going to take six months. And there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. There's no you shoulds. None of that. It just, some things are quick and some things are harder. But that doesn't mean we quit. Just means we keep practicing until we get it. I promise you, eventually you will. All right, tip number three. Don't forget to schedule time to work on the goal. You know, this is probably the biggest mistake I see. We create these long list of habits we want to change these long lists of goals, like I want to I wanna cook all my meals for lunch for the week. 
right? I want to meal prep. That's a great idea. It's a great goal. But how is that going to happen when you run around all weekend, running yourself ragged with all the activities you have planned? If we don't schedule time to actually work on the goals, it's not going to get done. I want to exercise. Fabulous. I love it. I'm all about it, on board. But if you schedule every second of your day from 5 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. with different obligations and activities, when are you going to fit exercise in? It's not just going to miraculously fit into your day because you said it was a goal. You've got to schedule time for it. You've got to block out time to go to the gym or you have to block out time to work out. You have to block out time to go to the grocery store and meal prep. And in the beginning, when you're not good at something, block double the amount of time because it's new. I remember when I first started learning to cook, I would watch Rachel Ray's 30-minute meals on the Food Network. And it never, ever, ever took me 30 minutes to make one of her meals. It always took like... 45, 50, 60 minutes. Number one, I could never chop as fast as she did. And number two, I never had all the ingredients sitting out in front of me. So half the time was spent digging through my cupboards or refrigerators trying to find the ingredient that I was looking for. In the beginning, when I wasn't good at cooking, it took double the amount of time that it took a professional. And so if you're going to try to create a new habit or learn something new or create, you know, add some another task to your day, you're going to have to create time to do it. And in the beginning, create more time than what you think you're going to need. All right, tip number four, kind of talked about this already, but consistency over perfection. (sighs) This is a hard one. Because when we do something, we want to do it perfectly. We want to do it right, right out of the gate. And when we mess up, when we fail, when we slip, when we just do something, just a touch that doesn't meet our expectations, well, it's over. We're done. I give up. And because I give up, you know, I might as well just give in to everything else that I have been holding back from because tomorrow I'm going to have to double down. I'm going to have to work even harder. So let me just do all the things today, get them out of my system Because tomorrow I'm going to have to work even harder and be even more strict. How does that feel, first of all? Feels lousy. It's never about the mistake. It's about your response to the mistake. If you eat a cookie and you've been telling yourself, I'm not going to eat any sugar, and you have a moment of weakness and you eat a cookie... The best thing you can do is just move on immediately. It was just a cookie. It's not the end of the world. I'm right back into it. But if the thought crosses your mind, oh, now I ate a cookie. I screwed up. I had sugar. You know, I'm so terrible. See, you're never going to lose weight because you can't even get by two weeks without having sugar. And so now that I messed up, I'm going to have all the cookies and I'm just going to eat all of them tonight. So that way tomorrow when I don't eat sugar again, there's no cookies to tempt me. It wasn't the cookie that caused you to gain weight. It was your response to eating the cookies by eating the whole plate of cookies that causes you to gain weight. 
we have to drop the perfectionistic all or nothing mentality. For some of you, maybe that should be your goal. You know, if you really want to be serious about losing weight or meeting a health goal, you absolutely have to eradicate all or nothing thinking. You will not be perfect. You can't be perfect. You were not born to be perfect. And I know that hurts some of your egos out there, and that's okay. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. That doesn't help you. I need you to consistently show up. I think I shared this with you before. I had a client one time, and he shared this mantra with me. He said, quick down, quick up. As fast as I fall down is as fast as I'm going to stand back up. And it was brilliant. I loved it. You know, for some of us, we fall down and we stay down. We throw ourselves a party while we're down there, including ordering all the food and all the junk and everything else, right? We don't stay down. We get right back up. We show up for ourselves over and over and over again. We practice over and over and over again. And when we start to get cocky and think that, you know, I've got this, we go and practice some more. A lot of times when we're looking to change habits, we would love for them to be like light switches. We just, I worked on it, I conquered it, I never have to worry about it again. And that's not how this works. We're constantly going to have to be working at this. Maybe not with the same intensity and with the same time commitment, but we're always going to have to be working at something. Our health is not a destination to reach. And once we get there, we no longer have any worries or concerns. Our health is constantly in flux based on environment, circumstances, age, the people we're surrounding ourselves with. And when I talk about health, again, I'm talking about physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and they're all on a continuum, constantly moving back and forth at all times. It is not a single destination that we will reach where everything is perfect, at least not on this side of earth. In heaven, absolutely. But here on earth, no. And that's okay. And just because we're not perfect doesn't mean we screw things up and we're down and out and another year will go by where we have to, you know, just be upset with ourselves. No. If you want to have different results, you've got to do things differently. And so I want you to always think about how do I want to show up for myself today consistently, even when it's hard, even when I screw up, how do I show up again and again and again? Because that I promise you is how you will get results. Perfection, you're basically gripping this perfection mentality in fear. Constantly, every day is this battle, who's going to win me or food, me or my sugar addiction? You know, is this going to be the day where I break? Is this going to be the day where I fail? That's no way to live. At least that's not a way I want to live. So let's drop the all or nothing mentality and just work on consistently showing up. Quick down, quick up. Day in, day out. Practice, practice, practice. All right, tip number five, self-correction in the moment is key. So I think this is another story I shared with you, but you know what? It's good to hear stories twice because sometimes 
the first time we hear it, we kind of hear it, but we're not really paying attention. And then if I mention it again a second time, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. She did say that. And it sinks in a little bit more. So you might hear some stories a couple times and that's okay. But I think I shared with you when I was in high school, I ran track. Uh, actually, my um, my four by one relay went to states one year, so we were decent. I was the leadoff runner, um, but I had this terrible habit of shuffling my feet. I did not think it was a problem because I was pretty fast, but apparently my coaches said it was a problem, and I could be faster if I picked up my feet when I ran. And so I would be running. And all of a sudden, my coaches would scream out my name, and they would say, Ansel, because that was my maiden name, Ansel, get back at the starting line, do it again, you're shuffling. I'm like, are you serious? And so while all of my other friends who were on the track team with me, you know, they were finishing up their laps, I had to start all over, right? You're shuffling, start again. You're shuffling, start again. Ugh, I was so angry, Right? Never once did my coaches say, Ansel, you're shuffling. Tomorrow, when you show up to practice, I want you to fix it. I want you to remember to fix it. If they had said that, I would never have gotten anywhere. I would have never remembered. By my coaches telling me, get back to the start line, do it again, you better believe I picked up my feet. I was sick of running extra laps. Everybody else was finished and I still had to keep running. I was tired. By self-correcting in the moment, I was telling my brain, I need to do things differently. By telling myself, oh, you can do it differently tomorrow, I would have never, ever remembered. And for a lot of us, excuse me, and for a lot of us, that's what we do. Oh, you know what? I messed up. I'll remember tomorrow or I'll remember next time. No, you won't. You can't possibly remember next time because it's not a habit yet. And so let's say you have this goal of eating slower. I'll go back to that that example. And you tell yourself, all right, I'm going to practice eating slower. And then you get to the next meal and you're shoveling food in your mouth and you've got three bites and you're like, oh, man, I told myself I was going to eat slower. I completely forgot. Now, some of you are going to be tempted to say, all right, next meal, I got this. Next meal, I'm going to eat slower. But instead, I want you to put your fork down and eat slower for the last three bites. That's what I want you to do. And you're going to be like, but Adrian, that's silly. I've only got three more bites left. I know it feels silly, but that is how you make changes. That is how you tell your brain, this is not how I want to behave. This is what I want to do instead. And by self-correcting in the moment, I promise you, you will start to remember earlier and earlier the next time you come to another meal. Maybe the next time you remember with four bites left. That's success. That's earlier than the previous day where you had three bites left. Again, there's no expectation of how long this is supposed to take you. It takes as long as it does. And so I want you to think about this. How can you self-correct in the moment instead of telling yourself, I'll, I'll do better tomorrow? Same thing with eating at night. How many times have you said, all right, I'm not going to eat after dinner. And then before you know it, you get up in a trance-like state. You've got f- 
food or snacks or cookies out of the pantry. You sit down in front of the TV, you're eating, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. I wasn't supposed to eat after dinner. I completely forgot. For a lot of us, we're like, well, I already did the damage. I might as well just keep going. Instead, I want you to stop and be like, no, that's right. I'm not going to eat. Put away whatever you had left and actually execute. I promise you this works. I know it feels awkward. It feels weird. It goes against every grain of your mental being, but do it anyway. And then let me know how it's working for you. All right, tip number six, focus on actions versus results. So we do this a lot. We make a goal and a lot of times we make weight goals. I want to weigh 150. Great. And so you start doing all these great things. You start exercising, you start sleeping better, you start having more energy, more clarity, everything is going great. But if that scale does not move, we quit. It's not working. I'm done. Most times, I don't even weigh my clients when they first come in. I'm always asking the client, how do you feel? What are your energy levels like? How are you sleeping? What are your workouts like? Because I want them to focus on the actual behaviors, not necessarily the result first and foremost. When you focus on the behaviors and the outcomes you're getting from that, the, the non-scale victories, you start to realize, hey, this is working. The scale may not move this week. It may not move next week, but eventually it will if you consistently show up and do the work. So I want you to focus on the actual behaviors, you know, the getting more sleep, the exercise, the eating healthier, choosing more produce, choosing more fiber, eating more proteins, whatever it is that you're doing to get you to your goal, that's what I want you to focus on. I promise the outcome will eventually come. I had a client one time, she was doing everything right, but the scale was not moving. And finally, at week seven, it began to move. And then it moved again week eight, and then it really started to move weeks 10 through 12, like ridiculously moved. And I'm so proud of her for consistently showing up weeks one through six when she didn't want to. You know, after two weeks, she was like, it's not working. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, just keep going. Just keep going. Eventually it will. Focus on how you feel. Focus on your sleep. Focus on your energy levels. Focus on your, your clarity. Focus on all those good things. If you still have all that, it's working. The scale will follow. But a lot of us, we get so caught up in the scale part and we undervalue all the great non-scale victories that we're willing to give up when we were so close to actually seeing a change. So I want you to think about that. Focus on the good habits. Eventually the end result will happen. I promise. And especially if you have a long-term goal, it's going to take a while for you to reach that, that big lofty goal that you're searching for. So you're going to have to find contentment in the small victories along the way if you're going to stay motivated to stick with it. All right, two more tips, guys. Stay with me. We're almost done. Tip number seven, you've got to make it fun. Oh my goodness, you have to make it fun. 
if you're bored to tears, if you hate what you're doing, you're going to quit, right? You've got to make this fun. I, I really do work hard in my office and when I meet with my clients to have a really good time. I mean, sometimes we have to be a little bit more serious, but I joke around a lot. I try to make things fun. I give them quirky assignments to keep them engaged and, you know, and feel value from their appointments. Because if you're not having fun, you're not going to stay with it. And again, if you have a long-term goal, we're going to have to stick with this for a long time. So we've got to make it fun along the way, whether that means, you know, meeting parts of your goal with friends to keep it interesting. Uh, Maybe it's giving yourself little rewards along the way to keep you engaged. There's a whole lot of ways we can make this fun. Think about what is fun to you and then start implementing those or pieces of that into your long-term goal so that you stay engaged and excited. One of the biggest things that people struggle with, with a, a big lofty goal, is staying motivated throughout all of it. Keeping things fun and lighthearted and not taking yourself so seriously along the way, those are great ways to keep yourself motivated all year long. All right, finally, one more tip. Don't forget to celebrate the wins. Please do not forget to celebrate the wins. They're the most important part. So when you're creating a habit, there's actually three components. There's the cue, there's the actual action that you work on to implement the change, and then there's the reinforcement. All right? The reinforcement piece is what closes out the habit loop. It is an absolute necessary if you want to change your habit. A lot of us, we make this long list of things we want to do. I want to eat better. I want to exercise more. I want to manage my stress, blah, blah, blah. But we never reward ourselves for actually doing the work. Instead, we focus on what we still have yet to accomplish. I mean, yeah, it's good. I've already lost five pounds, but I still have 45 more to lose. Right? That's not motivating. That's the exact opposite. Instead, we need to celebrate the wins. And celebration tells our brains, hey, we like this. Let's do it again. Let's do more of it. This is fabulous. Long-term goals require a commitment to show up over and over. So telling your brain you like this and it's working and I'm happy about it, it's kind of a big deal. So I tell my clients all the time, you have a win, throw yourself a dance party. Right? Call a friend. High five your cat. I don't care. Just celebrate. Tell your brain this is a good thing. This is a big deal. Let's pick this response. Let's pick this habit change again next time when we're in this same situation. Right? You tell yourself you don't want to eat after dinner and you don't eat after dinner. Throw yourself a party. Not with food. But throw yourself a party. Right? Put some music on. Dance. Get excited. You did it. I promise you the next night when you're like, oh, I really could eat some chocolate, your brain's going to be like, yeah, but remember last night when you didn't and we had that fun dance party? Let's do that again. And all of a sudden, you choose not to eat again. I don't know. That sounds pretty fantastic to me. Plus, it sounds fun. We're checking off tip number seven and tip number eight. Let's do this. Again, if you want to do something 
different, you want to meet some big goal, we got to do things differently. We can't keep punishing ourselves and making things miserable and not celebrating our wins and then wondering why we're not motivated to show up every week. Right? All right. So those are your eight tips. If you have a big goal, I need you to break it up into smaller pieces. I need you to focus on just one or two action steps at a time. Not everything at once, just one or two things. I need you to schedule time to actually get the job done. And I need you to show up consistently. It's not about being perfect. It's about repetition. If you do make a goal and you forget, self-correct in the moment. Don't wait until the next opportunity to try to do better. Focus on your action steps. What are the things that you're doing to get you to your goal? Focus on those and showing up with consistency rather than only looking at the scale as your only measure of success. And then finally, make it fun. Please make it fun and reward yourself for all the successes you have along the way. This honestly, this stuff works, guys. I wouldn't tell you if it didn't, right? People come to me for help. This is how I help them. And if you need help, I'm here. Please, I'm here, right? Take this podcast, share it with a friend that's struggling, or, you know, schedule an appointment with somebody on my team or myself or whoever. Let us help you reach your goals so we can move on and not have to think about the same goal year after year after year. All right, guys, I got to give you your recipe. So I know um, the Super Bowl is coming up and a lot of people enjoy their buffalo chicken dip. So I'm going to give you a healthier version of it, uh, especially if you're going to a party um, or you're staying at home. Whatever you're doing, that's fine. Um, For the ingredients, you need two cups of cooked shredded chicken. You need a half a cup of blue cheese, a half a cup of Frank's red hot sauce, one cup of nonfat Greek yogurt, plain, don't get vanilla, plain, a half a cup of small curd cottage cheese, and a half a cup of sharp cheddar cheese. All right, you're going to preheat your oven to 350. And then in a bowl, you're just going to dump all your ingredients into that bowl and stir until they're thoroughly combined. You're going to then pour your dip into a glass 8x8 pan and bake at 350 for 25 minutes. And then you can go ahead and serve them with like tortilla chips or veggies. I'm always a fan of the carrot chips, you know, the ones that look like ovals and they're wavy. I like them as vehicles. Celery also works well and even cucumbers. But that is your healthy buffalo chicken dip recipe for the week. All right, guys, that's all I got for you. I hope you have an excellent week. And as always, I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at 
Bodymetrics Health. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.